Thank all of you for being in God's house tonight. I sure appreciate that. If you have your Bibles, would you go to the book of Ephesians, please, to all of our guests. We welcome you. We know it can be feel a little ill at ease to come to a place you haven't been before. So thank you for being here. We're going to look at Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to look at 15 through 20. And we are looking at the ESV. That's the English Standard Version tonight. So here we go. Are you ready? All right. So I'm going to give you a minute because some of you aren't ready. Ephesians 5 and 15. Okay. Ephesians is in the New Testament. It's behind... It's behind Galatians, right? It's behind Galatians. And you've gone to Revelations. You've gone too far. And if you can't find it, just fake it and nobody will know the difference. <laughs> just look up on the screen. You'll be all right. That's how you learn, though, right? That's how you learn. Ephesians 5 and 15. Here we go. Look carefully then how you walk, not as fools, but as wise. 16, make the best use of the time because the days are evil. How many know that's the truth? Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. 18, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is, that word there is a different word than the ESV. The word I use is debauchery. That simply means it's immoral when you're drunk. Uh, is you are immoral. The only thing God wants you drunk on is the Holy Spirit, right? Then you can get drunk on the Holy Spirit. But he says, I didn't say this, right? He's his word tells us this, that for us to get drunk is immoral. Okay. It's not healthy for us unless we're getting drunk on the Holy Spirit, but be filled with the spirit. Amen. All right. You got about 30 minutes for me tonight. You ready for the word of the Lord? Thank you. Father, we thank you for your word, your name, your blood, your truth. God, we thank you for your people and we thank you. We have a roof over our head. We're able to meet and we still, Lord, even though we're not allowed to pray in school, we're still allowed to pray here and we're allowed to pray in our homes. So thank you for the freedoms that we do have. We take nothing for granted. And we give you all the thanks and praise. And everybody say amen. Amen. I'm going to talk tonight about being filled with the Spirit, part two. You ready? Let's go. You can be seated. There's a phrase, I'm sure most of you have heard the phrase, but the phrase is this, that life abhors a vacuum. Let's say it a different way. In other words, life doesn't like a vacuum. What does that mean? It means this, that if Janet and I went to our property that we own and we uh, asked for a backhoe to come in and dig us, let's say, a 20 foot deep by 20 foot wide hole. What it means is, is that given enough time, that hole is going to get filled up. Okay, it's going to get filled up either with water or it's going to get filled up with debris. But if you give it enough time, that hole is going to get filled up because nature doesn't like a vacuum. Here's what I'm saying is that there is a God sized void in every person that God has created. And what we're going to do, either we're going to fill it up with stuff or we can fill it up with God's spirit. But we're going to fill it up with something. 
And that's why when we walk into this house, we need to walk into this house every service and fill it up with the praise of God and let his spirit saturate this sanctuary. I want to talk to you out of my heart. I am not interested in emotionalism and Pentecostalism and emotionalism have gone hand in hand. I am not interested in emotionalism. I am not interested in jazzing up Jesus. I am not interested in fluff and puff, spit and foam. I am interested in the real deal. And when God's people seek his face on a daily basis, I'm going to tell you, when you walk into this house, you can tell somebody's been praying. Somebody's missed some meals. Somebody's been talking to heaven. Unfortunately, right now, we don't have a designated prayer space. In our new building, we will have a designated prayer space. And we're going to use that. But here's what I want to say. We can't just come here to say, well, I'm going to go to church. And in five minutes, I'm going to get ready. We've got to be ready. And we've got to walk in the spirit. I'm going to preach tonight. We cannot do this just on a Sunday. Well, it's Sunday. Let me put my Sunday go to meeting clothes on. Let me change who I am. Let me cross the line. Now I'm a Christian. Can I tell you, brothers and sisters, uh, that doesn't work. It don't work well for the corporate body, and it don't work well for you. Because the scripture says this, we don't know the day nor the hour that the Lord is coming. You know what? Pardon me. I hope this don't hurt your feelings, but I'm so thankful that Logan was ready because he didn't know that morning that he was going to meet Jesus. I don't know how much time he had, but I, this is just me. This is just me. But I think he didn't need any time because he was already ready. Right. And you say, oh, you're trying to scare us. I'm not trying to scare anybody because I got to scare you to get in the altar. I got to keep you scared to keep you in the altar. I don't want you to serve God based off of fear. I want you to serve God based off of your love and that every day you thank him for his love and for his grace and for his mercy. Come on, somebody. But what I am saying, my God, I hope we don't have another tragedy. God forbid that we would ever have another one. But you just don't know. And I don't either. And that's why we got to stay ready. And so, brothers and sisters, I am saying this. This world is hurting. It is bruised. It is broken. It is crushed. And it needs more than three points and a point. It needs a man of God and a woman of God and people of God that have the spirit living on the inside of them. Come on. I'm going to come down your row. I am so tired of God's people thinking they got to have a Ph.D. in theology to be used of God. No, you don't. All you got to be is a willing vessel, spend some time along with God, read your word, hear God's voice, and God can speak to you. God can use you. He wants to use you. In fact, I believe with all of my heart that what God wants to send to De Quincey and to this region is bigger than any one man. That's why you're seeing more of Brother David Grigsby, because TPC, I want it to outgrow me. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying that God puts people around us to help us facilitate the vision that he's given us. It doesn't, it doesn't mean I'm not going to be your pastor. What it means is, is that, you know what? You put nine men out on a baseball field. 
Because the pitcher can't be the catcher and the catcher can't be the first baseman and the first baseman can't be center field. Everybody's got their place. And whenever man is in his place or every woman is in her place, then guess what? We might be able to put a W on the board. Here's what I'm saying. When God brings people around us, it is for a purpose. It is bigger. The kingdom is bigger than one man and one woman. It is the kingdom of God and the people of God doing what God has gifted them and ordained them to do. And that is being filled with the Spirit. Now, again, I tell you again, we don't drink. That's, we don't drink. This is just cider. It has no alcohol in it. This is water. And this is going to be a type of alcohol tonight. And this is going to be a type of the Spirit. And here's what I know, brothers and sisters. If we don't fill ourselves with the Spirit of God, we're going to get religious. And if we get religious, then we get judgmental. And if we get judgmental, nobody wants to walk through the doors because we got a little country club going on here. And if you don't look right, act right, talk like us, spit white like us, then you're not welcome. I've been in those churches and I get a bad attitude when I walk in them. And a worse attitude when I walk out because you don't feel the love of God. People looking you up and down, scoping you out, already have formed their opinion and they don't even know you based off of just what they see. I hoard that. I don't want that in this house because thank God that Jesus looked beyond the way we all look when we come to him. Are you with me? I don't mean to be shouting at you. I'm not mad at nobody. I promise to God. I'm passionate tonight. I'm passionate about us, this church. I'm not responsible. God doesn't hold me responsible for any other church. But he is going to hold me responsible for this one. And for this assembly, I want us to be filled with the Spirit, walking in the Spirit, and looking to God to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. And I'm going to tell you this, as we get a hold of this and as we begin to worship and the presence of God takes over, God is going to heal people in our worship services. God is going to heal people in our worship services. God is going to restore people in our worship services. For where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is liberty. You want to come to church when a church is alive. You don't even want to show up when it's dead, and I don't blame you. I don't want to show up to no dead church. My time is more valuable than to come to cute church and dead church. I need something when I walk into this house that I can't get by myself. That's why I come and worship with you. I have my own personal worship time. You understand, many times I'm up very early, and I don't say that to pat myself on the back. I spend a lot of time with the Lord, and I'm glad and honored I can do that. Because of you sweet people, I can do that. Amen. Right? I know you, some of you. This young man right here, y'all, he gets up at 3 in the morning and don't get home till 6 in the evening. That's the truth. He, it's amazing how this man can do what he does on such little sleep. And yet still is faithful to the house of God. And you know what? I'm thankful. Thankful for him. But I'm thankful for you sweet people that give your tithe and offerings. So that I can do what God has called me to do. 
thank you for that from the fullness of my heart. I'm not asking you to not do what you can't do. I'm only asking you to do what you can do. And every one of us in here can take a few minutes to be alone with God and say, God, I just need you again today. Because here's what I know. If we don't stay full of him, trust me, the enemy's going to bring some type of distraction. Yes, he will. We got we to gotta stay on the lookout for distractions because that's the way he works. You got to remember this. Oh, Lord, help me to get to my message. You got to remember this. When a person comes into your life, it's either they're coming in to be a blessing or the enemy's bringing them to be a curse. And you have to have the wisdom to know the difference. Listen to me, Hope House guys. I love you. I don't care how many curves she's got and how good looking she is. You make sure she loves God first. Because if she don't love God first, I'm going to tell you what she is. She's a distraction. Oh, but Brother Neelan, you ain't never seen the likes. I'm going to tell you something, Samson. Go ahead and lay your head into Delilah's lap and see how the Spirit of the Lord will depart from you. You better make sure your girl's got the Holy Spirit and loves the same things you love. Come on, somebody. That's good preaching. And I don't cost you a red penny. And it goes the same thing for you young ladies. You better make sure. I'm going to tell you something. It's hard enough to live together today. Why? There's so many distractions and the enemy hates marriage more than ever. Why? Because it's a typology of Christ in the church. And he don't want the unity of a male and a female in a marriage together. He hates it. He comes against it. Can, can I get a witness? Yeah, you that are married, don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. Because you do. It's difficult. Right? Here's what I'm saying. It's difficult being together on the same page. Much less not being together on the same page. Right? So make sure she loves the things that you love if you're loving the Lord. Come on, somebody. All right. Now, how, dear God, help me, sweet Jesus. Okay. How, pastor, do, do I stay filled with the Spirit? Okay. You want, you want us filled with the Spirit, right? I do, but most of all, God wants you filled with the Spirit. Okay. How do I stay filled with the Spirit? Number one, it's Lordship. His Lordship. In other words, every day I want to walk in obedience to his lordship. Not my will today, God. Not what Wayne wants today, but what you want. I pray this almost every day. God, put me at the right place at the right time. God, give me the right words to speak. Help me not to get ready. Help me to be ready. Because when they need it, that's when they need it. You can't go to somebody that's bleeding out and say, Well, hang in there. i get to you two days from now. If you had an ambulance driver that told you that, You'd be hot. They'd get fired. Right? Because you need what you need when you need it. And we need to be ready. We need not, not get ready. We need to be ready. How? How can I do that? By submitting to his lordship every day. God, I want to walk in obedience to you. And I want to walk in obedience to your word. The desire. We've got to have the desire to live for Christ in every area of our life. Men, Hope House, I'm not picking on you. I love you. But in your dating, you need to make sure you're putting his lordship first. Come on, somebody. You need to make sure you're putting your vocation under his lordship. 
Okay, I'm going to just veer off here for a minute. I don't understand, guys, if you go to a place that don't even have a church just to make $2 more an hour. I'm going to move my whole family from TPC so I can make $2 more an hour. What is $2 more an hour compared to your family and be able to bring them to a house where they can get fed? If you gain the whole world, if, if Bill Gates gave you all of his money and you lost your soul, what good are you doing there? I'm not against you making $2 more an hour. I don't have a problem with that. What I'm saying is, is make sure, first of all, that if I don't go somewhere, I've got a church that can feed my family. And we can go to heaven from that place. Right? That's lordship. Making sure. Thank you, Tommy. Thank you. That's making sure. Because, hey, listen. If, if I made 1500 bucks a week, but I lost my family because they don't have anything going on in that community, then what good is it me going there? I got to keep my priorities right. I got to stay filled with the Spirit. That's Lordship. You want to stay filled with the Spirit? Lordship in your life. God, if that's not where you want, I don't want to go there. Even though it looks attractive, he knows she looks beautiful. I don't want that. I want to keep my eyes on him. Here's the second thing. If you want to stay filled with the Spirit, you got to keep confession in your life. Confession in your life. Confession. What do you mean by that? The Scripture says this. Confess your faults one to another that you may be healed. Not forgiven. Only God can forgive your sins. Right? I'm not against any religion. But listen, when you go to somebody and confess that, that's okay, but they can't forgive that. They can hear hear that and help Heal that, but they can't forgive that, right? Only Christ can forgive sins. But you need somebody in your life, not Facebook, not Instagram, not social media. You can't trust all that. But you need somebody in your life because you're as only as sick as your secrets. And when you're allowing to get your secrets out, then guess what starts healing? That starts getting off of you and healing starts coming into you. You got to keep confession into your life. Do I repent every day? To be honest, nope, I don't. But when I think about it, I do. I say, God, you know what? Um, Forgive me for my secret sins. I don't even know all that I've done, right? I may have not, you know, somebody may have been waving their arm at me and I never even saw them. I was so deep in thought and it may have hurt their feelings. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, right? I want to love everybody. And they're like, Pastor Wayne, don't love me. That's a lie. I just didn't see you. But whatever it may be, I may have said something that I could have said a little bit different, a little bit better. Lord, forgive me. Right? Make sense? Confession. Confession. What does confession do? Confession cleanses and it removes the barrier of sin. And it places the control of our life back under the Spirit. Did you get that? Okay, so confession places your life back under the power of the Holy Spirit. How does it work? God, forgive me for the sins of my mind. God, forgive me for the sins of my mouth. Forgive me, Lord, for the sins of my body. And all of you sweet people that sometimes look so holy, I'm going to tell you something. You are human and none of us in this room, including your pastor, would want every thought we've ever thought up on that screen. Every one of us would be embarrassed. Y'all know it's the truth. We wouldn't want some of the things that have come out of our mouth to be up on that screen. We wouldn't want some of the things we've done with our body to come up on that screen. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. 
And this is why we need to keep confession in our life, right? It's not, it's not that we ever want to take advantage of God's grace, but sometimes we just mess up. So we need confession. That's how you can stay full of the Spirit, is you keep confessing. Don't run from God like Adam did, right? Don't run and hide your pain and shame. Instead of running from God, run to God. God, I know I messed up. I, I may have even done it willfully, but here I am. I'm asking again for your grace. Here's the third way that you can stay filled with the Spirit, and that is reliance upon God. Amen. Reliance upon God. If I said... Um, unceasing prayer, you may think, man, there's no way I can just pray without ceasing. But listen, you, you, if, if you can worry, worry is meditating on the wrong thing, right? There are times I'm very engaged. And to be honest with you, I'm not praying in my mind. But when I'm disengaged from that, then I start back trying to just be thankful or putting my mind back on the Lord, right? Makes sense? Okay. Throughout each day, we experience neediness, we experience moodiness, anxiety, loneliness. Sometimes we experience insecurity, negative feelings. All of us have a natural inclination to meet those needs through reliance on something. Okay, I need to say that again. All of us have a tendency to meet our needs on reliance on something. And typically we're always looking for something on the outside to fill us on the inside. Right. That's why we always reach for more. I need this woman. I need this man. I need this job. I need this paycheck. I need this car. I need this vacation. I need this pleasure. I need this home because we're always trying to feel something on the inside. Why? Because there's a God sized void on the inside of us. And if we don't stay filled with the spirit, we're going to reach for the bottom of a bottle. We're going to snort something, smoke something, dip something. We're going to do something. Why? Because there's a void on the inside of every one of us. And great. You had a great blessing Sunday. That is wonderful. And you spoke in tongues. That is awesome. Guess what? Monday's coming. And now you're going to have to decide, am I going to get filled with the spirit again? Or am I going to fill myself with something else again? Yes. You say, does it happen that quick? Yes, it sure does. That's why you got to take your stinking flesh to the altar every stinking day and say, my stinking flesh wants its own stinking way. Every day I have to die daily. Why? Because my flesh is so strong and so weak at the same time. So strong that it wants its way. So weak to say no to Bluebell. Right? Okay, now I, I I'm not picking on smokers tonight. It's going to sound like it. I'm not have I'm not picking on so, smokers. I promise to God I'm not. But I'm going to just make a point that y'all can identify with. Watch cigarette smokers. Every time they sense a need in their life, what do they do? They light up. They feel lonely. They light up. They feel scared or nervous. They light up. They need confidence. They light up. And while I personally don't smoke, brothers and sisters, I can find myself doing the same thing with lust, money, shopping, food, coffee, music, entertainment. Y'all quit acting like y'all are that holy. I know better. I know better. Y'all better shake your head yes. Something you got a vice somewhere. That if you don't stay full of this, you're going to stay full of that vice. Because trust me, you ain't that holy. 
understand the devil knows what you'll bite on every time. Yes, he does. He don't need 15 lures to throw at you. He already knows yours. And if you don't stay full of this, you'll bite on it. Why? Because there's a hole on the inside of you that has to be satisfied. And if you don't stay full of the Spirit, you're going to get full of something. Yes, you will. Come on, somebody. See? See? A smoker is aided by nicotine's influence. So the believer is strengthened by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so just as, again, I'm not against smokers. I'm just using it as an example. Just as a smoker would run to nicotine, we must run to the Lord for wisdom, for patience, and every need that we have. And that's called reliance. God, I am relying on you. Just like you can't, you can't make it. Uh, if you go on a total fast, you can't make it without water. You got to have water. Right? We've got to have the power of the Holy Spirit or we can't make it. Cause this right here, this is too high for any of us to live in our flesh. You can't do it. It's impossible. Are you with me? Okay. Can I keep going? And so here's what you do. Instead of turning to the bottle or instead of turning to whatever, you turn over to the Lord and you say, God, I'm just nervous right now. I'm nervous. Would you please strengthen me? Come on, somebody. Amen. Oh, Lord. Yo, I've told y'all this before. I've been, Jan and I have been in sessions before trying to help people. And like, oh, my God. I've prayed under my breath. Lord, I need wisdom. I need wisdom. I need wisdom. And boy, I've heard things come out of my mouth. As soon as they were out of my office, I went and wrote it down. I said, that's good. I know that ain't Wayne because that's too good. You know what it was? It's the wisdom of God. He said, if any man lacketh wisdom, let him ask of God, who give it to all men liberally and upbraideth not. So you just pray, God, I, I don't know how to do this, Lord, but you know all things. Would you give me wisdom? I need wisdom right here in this situation. See, this ideal of reliance, in other words, unceasing prayer is vital to the Spirit's influence in our life. And most of us have been taught that prayer is all about persuading God to release his power. Come on. Come on. I'm going to use prayer to get God to do what I want him to do. And I'm just here to tell you that brothers and sisters, that's that's not the way God wants us to do it. Listen, can I talk to you? Okay. God already wants to do it. That's why he went to Calvary. He went there to heal us and to save us, to prosper us. He went there to give us the abundant life. We don't have to beg him to do what he's already done. That's what he wants to do. You know, we, we believe, we believe as Pentecostals that he can save, he can heal, he deliver, but he's waiting on us to shape up to earn it. And I'm here to tell you that ain't true. The truth is, brothers and sisters, we don't deserve it and we never will deserve it. And we will never, ever be good enough to deserve it. Every one of us, if I ask every one of us, let's start jumping to reach this ceiling. The tallest person could probably get a little closer, but the fact of the matter is nobody can reach the ceiling. And none of us could ever be good enough to deserve the goodness of God. Doesn't mean that we live like slouches and however we want to. 
Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Paul said, God forbid. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about we'll never get good enough to earn it. So guess what? We have to realize everything that God does, whether it's heal us, save us, deliver us, or prosper us, it's all a work of grace. Right? So here's the good news, brothers and sisters. We don't have to plead anymore. What we've got to do is exercise our authority that He's given us. We exercise our authority. And that's what walking in the Spirit is all about. Amen. To be filled with the Spirit doesn't mean we've got to get red in the face and scream at the devil. That's right. Come on. Right. Come on. Right. That's not what it means. To walk in the Spirit means that we have His Lordship. Right? His Lordship. We are confessing every day. We are going in reliance upon Him. Right? Because Jesus spoke the word in faith. And all he did was command it to happen. He didn't get red in the face. He didn't stomp his feet. He didn't march around Jericho. I'm all for walking around Jericho. Okay? But he, 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 didn't, he didn't do any of that. Brothers and sisters, he spent time in prayer. And then he went out and did what his father told him to do. And he spoke what his father told him to speak. And he spoke the word. And he commanded it to happen. Matthew 10 and 8. You know what it says? 10 and 8. He's talking to his disciples. Here it is. Heal the sick. He didn't say pray for them. He said heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse the lepers. What he would say if he's living today, he'd say cleanse cancer. That's what he'd say today. Right? Leprosy's not a big deal anymore. Cancer's a big deal. He'd say cleanse the cancer. Cast out demons. All right, don't get me wrong. I believe prayer and fasting is very important. We've got to have it. Prayer and fasting are like water and fertilizer to a seed. A seed needs those things, but it is the seed that has the miracle of life in it. The seed needs the soil and the soil needs the seed. And the seed is God's word and the soil is our hearts. And when we put God's word in good soil, it's going to naturally bear fruit. We don't have to beg it. Again, y'all may think that I'm against prayer. That is the last thing I'm against. I'm very much for prayer. But you don't see a mature apple tree travailing in prayer to bear forth fruit. If you're healthy and you understand the precepts of God's word and you operate it on a daily basis, here's what the scripture says. If you abide in me and my word abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done. I don't have to beg. I don't have to plead. I don't have to borrow. I don't have to scream. I don't have to get red in the face. Put the seed in good soil. And watch it grow and step out on faith and claim every benefit that he purchased for us at the cross. Okay. If you want to stay filled with the spirit, you got to constantly be renewing your mind. And you can't fill your mind with garbage, garbage in, garbage out. Garbage in, garbage out. You got to fill your mind. Okay. With the word of God. Word of God says, whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are lovely. If there's any virtue, if there's any praise, think on these things. Whatever controls your thoughts controls your life. That's right. Come on. I'm going to say it again. Whatever controls your thoughts control your life. 
And if you can spend all your time worrying, then you can spend your time meditating on God's word. Come on, somebody. Okay, here's number five, and I'm going to get to this point and we're going to be done. Number five, if you want to stay filled with the spirit, then you've got to incorporate praise and thanksgiving in your life. Okay, hey, every one of us have something that we can look to and say, man, we wish that wouldn't have happened. We wish this wouldn't have taken place. We, we all got something in our life. And if that's what you focus on, then guess what? You're going to be blaming people the rest of your life for your problems. Right. But if you change, you cannot be grateful and depressed at the same time. Right. You cannot be in thanksgiving and in praise and be depressed at the same time. That's why the scripture says, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. And then the scripture goes on to say, I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Again, there are times that I enter into prayer. Sometimes I immediately feel the presence of God. But if I don't, nine times out of ten, I enter into with praise and thanksgiving and singing. Right? Because not every day do I go to my Heavenly Father and ask Him like a vending machine. God, I want F-15 today. God, I want 11-4 today. He's not a vending machine. He is not Santa Claus. He is a real person. He is a real person. And he doesn't want the same old stagnant prayer every day. He wanted a relationship with Adam. He started speaking. He started speaking, let there be light in Genesis 1. And he kept on speaking all the way to the end of Revelation. Because he is a relationship God. And he wants to speak to you. But if you even want to get on his property, you have got to enter into his gates with thanksgiving. I don't feel like it. It don't matter how you feel. As a mature Christian, you do his word. God, I thank you today for life. I thank you for every meal I've ever eaten. I thank you today that I've got eyes to see and ears to hear. Come on, somebody. Come on, all you believers, you sweet people. I love you so much. Come on, stand to your feet and give God some praise. Regardless of how you feel. Regardless of what your day went like. Regardless of how your mood is walking into his house. Come on, give him praise right now. Come on, everybody, give him praise. Just remain standing, please. I, I am in, I, I'm talking to Kaylee a little bit, and I'm talking to some others a little bit. And I'm saying, Kaylee, I know you're shy by nature, but listen to me, girl. When the Spirit of the Lord comes into this house, you step out. And you ask people to step out of their pew. Because people can be healed in, in when there's praise and thanksgiving and worship. People can be restored during those seasons. Yes, they can. Yes, they can. Hey, you know, you, you know what happens? Here, here's what happens. An atmosphere is created in a bar. Right? They have it dark. Right? People are dressed sensual. They got the lava lamp flowing. They got the music. It's real dark. And you know what they're doing? They're not forcing you to drink. They ain't forcing you to lust. They ain't forcing you to do any of that. All they're doing is creating an atmosphere for you to do that. Oh, yeah. Am I telling the truth? 
They don't force you to drink. They don't force you to lust. But that sister walking all up in there looking, you know. Mm-hmm. And then you see this over here. Mm-hmm. And then it's dark and you don't have to worry about nobody seeing you. And the music's playing just right and the lava lamp is flowing. And you're like, whoa, what we got up in here? Y'all know I'm telling you the truth. You know what? Nobody made you do a thing. But the atmosphere was created. Now, guess what? Ain't nobody making you do a thing in here either. But when the praises go up, the glory starts coming down. And hallelujah, what we're trying to do, ladies and gentlemen, is trying to create an atmosphere in here where the prodigal says, I gotta come home. I gotta come home. I'm done with this stuff. I know I gotta get this stuff. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to create an atmosphere where people can take their sins to the cross and leave them there. Where they can open up their heart and get honest and say, God, my heart's broken. I need you. My family is in shambles and I don't know what to do. Yeah. But here's what I know. I know five minutes can do for more for them than 50 minutes in a counselor's chair. Come on, somebody. Why, pastor, are you pushing us to flow and work and, and not work, but flow and be filled with the Spirit? Because if we don't get filled with the Spirit, we're going to get filled with something. And we need to create an atmosphere because we don't have a Sunday to waste. Every Sunday counts. We don't know who's here, who's going to be here this Sunday. And guess what? We got to make sure. How prepared would you be if you knew you had three of your family members coming? Then why don't you be prepared for somebody else's family? Because whatever you make happen for others, God will make happen for you. Do you feel his presence in this room? All over this house. Would you take a, just take a minute and thank him right now and praise him. Come on, open up your mouth, TPC. Come on. I know it's not about how loud we get, but still God loves the praises of his people. Hallelujah. Father, we just praise you right now and we thank you, God. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. All right, I'm going to end with this. I didn't know this. I just learned this. I just found this out. I did not know that a single fruit tree does not really do good by itself. That a single fruit tree may bear some fruit, but it doesn't reach its maximum potential. Now you can, you can, I could tell you the couple of people who told me this and you could go and talk to them and, and ask them. One of them is Eddie Wellman. He told me. And then somebody behind Eddie backed it up. He said, Brother Neelan, do you know that if you want your fruit tree to really bear the most fruit, you need to plant another fruit tree close to it where they can cross-pollinate. And then they reach their potential in bearing fruit. What are you saying? I'm saying that if we're going to be filled with the Spirit, we need to be in community. 
Do I appreciate online? I absolutely do. But I'm going to tell you something. There are some things you can't get unless you get in close proximity to another believer. And when we stay in unity and we stay in fellowship and we stay in harmony and we stay in community, we're cross-pollinating because you're carrying someone's miracle on the inside of you. I love you. I love you. You're in my heart. I love you. I love all of you. I love you. And the older I get, the more I ask God to forgive me for living such a selfish life. You know how God was so... How do I say this? You know how God changed the world in three and a half years? Because He didn't live one day for Himself. Think about it. You know how He changed it? How in God's name could He change the world in three and a half years? Because there wasn't a day that He lived that He was thinking about Himself. He was always thinking about the miracle I'm carrying to somebody today. Whose life am I going to change? Who's going to receive this Word? Who's going to receive healing? Where do I need to be? And the Bible says this, and i got to hurry. He said, I have needs. I must needs to go through Samaria. And she was a half-breed. She was hated by the Jews. And she was a woman on top of that. And a woman was a second-class citizen at best. And God says, I must needs go to Samaria. Why? Because he was willing to go out of his way, get out of his routine to meet one lady's need. And if you will get honest, how much of our prayer time, how much of our life is all about us? Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, if I come across strong tonight, that was not my intent. It was not my intent. My intent is to preach the truth in love. But Father, the older I get, the more I realize that life is all about loving God and it's loving others. And it's understanding that we need one another more than we even realize. And that we can't even reach our maximum potential and our full growth without one another. So, Father, here we are tonight. If we want to be filled with your Spirit, Lord, help us, help us to have unceasing prayer, to have confession. God, to have reliance upon you. God, help us, Father, to have praise and thanksgiving in our heart and then to dwell together in unity. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody say amen. Amen. Thank you. Now, Sister Kaylee's going to sing. And right where you're at, before you go, I want you to slip your hand up and say, Lord, I want to be filled with the Spirit. Come on, everybody. I want to be filled. Come on. I love you, Lord. I love you, Hope House, guys. Come on, guys. Step out of your pew, you Hope House, guys. Come on. Step out of your pew and come up. Let's tell the God we got to be filled with the Spirit. There's broken hearts to men. There's sick bodies to see healed. There's lives that need transformation. People are staring at the bottom of a bottle. And we've got to create an atmosphere where they can be filled with the Spirit. Come on, Kaylee, sing, girl. Come on, everybody. If you don't have the baptism, if you're here tonight and you don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, oh my God. 
Say, God, forgive me for the sins of my mind. God, forgive me for the sins of my mouth. God, forgive me for the sins of my body. Come in and fill me with the Spirit. Come on, if you mean that prayer, He'll do it. He'll do it if you seek Him with all of your heart. You will find Him. Come on, you're miserable if you're on the periphery tonight. Get right into the middle of this thing and say, God, here I am. I'm going to sell out. I'm going to surrender. I'm going to give you my best.
Jesus. Filled with the Spirit. to me. Thank you for being sweet to me and my family. Thank you for listening to me go on and on and on. But y'all, it's in me. It's in me. It's in me. It's in me. I promise to God I'm not mad, but I am so passionate about a church being who God wants us to be so that we can lead this community and take as many people to heaven with us as possible if you want anybody to go to hell you got you need to take that heart to the altar because when you get to thinking about that brother that's deep stuff we ought to want to take everybody to heaven with us let's go let's go let's go y'all let's go let's go let's go to heaven let's go but we can't go unless we're filled here's here's what the scripture says unless we're filled at the water and the spirit we're none of his i didn't say that hey if god said all you got to do is drink a coke and eat some bluebell and you can make it to heaven man that's what i'd preach Ooh, brother i'd preach it but he said we got to be born again right why because this flesh could never please him and so we got to live in the spirit i love all of you have a good night I look forward to seeing you Sunday. Bring somebody with you and let's see God fill them, thrill them, and change their life. God bless you. Come on. All my life.